Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Fifty-five to twenty-four is the final here, and believe me, it could have been so much worse if if Sonny Dykes and TCU did not have a big heart. It could have been so much worse than that. You know how sometimes when you're looking at the bigger programs in college football, you've always got that one buddy who looks at those teams and says, well, I could coach that team to nine or ten wins. No, you couldn't. You really couldn't, fool. What you saw from Oklahoma yesterday is exactly what it would look like if a normal person took over a major college football program for a week of preparation and game plan installation and then put it on the field on Saturday. That's what it would look like. Oklahoma, more talented at almost every position than TCU, didn't matter. They got it handed to them thoroughly. That's what it would look like if you or I took over a college football program for a day. Now, here's the problem. No one won a raffle. No one bid on a charity to coach Oklahoma yesterday. That was Brent Venables. That was his coaching staff. Who was that? Yeah, I kind of figured you weren't going to like that very much. It is pretty, not pretty, it's very disrespectful take from Josh Pay to 24-7 Sports. He's a blanking jackass. <laughs> I thought that that's the take. Is what he there. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could say what I really feel about that. If he thinks that that's what it would look like if just some Joe Blow off the street put together a game plan to play TCU, then he's dumber than I thought. Everyone's taking their jabs. I'm not surprised that this is happening right now. You know, OU fans are pretty loud and confident that, you know, what, what was going to happen was going to happen, and now everyone's saying I told you so. Not a fun spot to be, but that is a very idiotic and disrespectful take is what that is. And I actually think right. that Josh Pate does a really good job, but that's that that's yeah, that's a really bad take. Yeah. Well, I I guess um, I guess that's what happens, though. You know, whenever you whenever you play poorly, this is uh, this is what you get. And if you, you want know, to say you, that OU's coaching staff didn't do a great job Saturday, what well, I mean that's. I mean, that, that, that's fine. I mean, they're up for criticism just like anyone else. But to say that it looked like they've had zero coaching experience or a bunch of fans out there coaching is, yeah, that's, that's kind of – that's bad. Yeah. Well, that's what happens, though. So, I guess you just – well, the good thing is, is no one up there is uh, – sitting around listening to the Josh Pate show. They're actually, even though he doesn't think so, trying to put together a, a game plan based off of, I don't know, uh, between the entire coaching staff, hundreds of years of experience. But, you know, what do they know? They're just the same as any run-of-the-mill football fan coming out of the stadium to put together a, a game plan. So, I don't know. Just how it goes. Yeah, I, I read a – speaking of the national perspective, I was reading an, a, an article today on The Athletic. I think um, Andy Staples wrote it. And basically, like, the premise of the article was, 
you know, Alabama got really good because they hit rock bottom. Like, they, they hit a place that they never wanted to get back to again, and they made the decision that we're going to do whatever it takes to never be that bad again, if that makes sense. And I'm guessing that it mm-hmm. probably does. And the theme of this article was almost, well, OU hasn't hit maybe the necessary rock bottom that they need to get back to being one of those elite programs. And there was a quote in there um, from Thad Turnipseed saying that these people don't know. I, I'm definitely paraphrasing here. I'll find the exact quote. But these people don't know what it means to be bad or, or something like that. So I, I, I guess the point Andy Staples was trying to make is that maybe OU needs this. Maybe they need to get really down to figure out how to get back towards the elite again. Well, I think that there is definitely something to that. Um, You know, it comes in waves typically and, um, you know, it, uh, Sorry, I'm just I have another jackass walking past me right now. Um what happened? Just nothing. Uh why won't you tell it me come, what, what happened? Nothing. It comes in waves Uh-oh. and it's just, you know, I I do think that <laughs> whenever you have a maybe a team that has never there's no vision or no, never had to live through anything down, you just kind of feel like you show up and the games kind of win themselves, you know? And and I'm not saying that that's what this team is going through, but that is something that does occur. So, I, I don't know. I Yeah, I think that, I think any time, no matter what it is, if it's uh, just life in general or business or, Whatever, sometimes you do have to see some downtrends, some ugly situations to, you know, to claw your way out and appreciate the good and fight for the good. Um, did someone, like, throw horns up or say, <laughs> better off with that Lincoln now, huh? Yeah, You understand like I, we all really want to know what happened here. I, it's, I mean, that that's just essentially it, just huh. – yeah. Texas fan, Oklahoma State fan, who's the who's the culprit here? I don't know. I it looked like an OU fan to me. They, they said something, or they did it. They sounds like they said something. Is that what happened? No, just nothing. What else we got? We got some text messages. Yeah, text says we need to know what happened. Is Ted on location? Is he about to fight? Ted about to whoop somebody's ass. No, I'm not about to do anything. I'm just sitting here doing a show. That's it. And, you know, I, whatever. You know, the the, the best thing is um, it's not a good mood on the show today, Monday, obviously. Um, but my favorite OU Texas tradition is Friday when Teddy rolls into the show at about 2.55 and he's fuming pissed about the traffic that he just uh, encountered. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling that you're going to be mad right around 98% during the show this week. Something to really look forward to. Probably. It probably will not be a good week. But 
that's just that's just how it goes. You you, know? you want a uh, potentially positive situation? Sure. So now this is a stretch here. So I mean, get ready. Twenty twenty was an awesome OU Texas game, and what do we say after? <laughs> I don't know what could top that OU Texas game. And then last right. year happened, right? And what have we been saying for the past year? Hell, I don't know how. I mean, 2020 was cool, but 2021 was better. I don't know how we're going to top that. The only thing that could top last year's incredible game is if you won the game after losing back-to-back games, won in horrific fashion, playing with the backup quarterback, more than a touchdown dog, no one's giving you a chance, 25% of your roster may be out due to injuries, and you figure out a way to win. I guess the positive spin is there is a scenario where this year's game is better than last year's game or more epic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the only way to get a better reaction out of the crowd is when everyone expects you to go in and get your ass kicked. Yeah. You know? And you show up and you do not. Right? That That's the next thing because – I don't know. When is the last time OU went into this game and the fan base did not expect to win? 1998. <laughs> Probably right. But 1996. Maybe 99. Maybe 99, too. Yeah, maybe. 96, it was definitely the case. They had zero wins, uh, and they found out a way to win the game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if if this year somehow matches the uh, dramatics of the last two. Then I, I won't even know. I won't even know how to comment. It'd be pretty amazing if they figure out a way to win it, and uh, even Texas fans won't be able to uh, get their way out of that one on social media. That'll be an L that we'll be talking about forever. Um, all right, blame Grinch and USC. He has another poor defense that's on the text line. Uh, maybe turnip seed is right. Maybe everyone's too used to winning because this feels like the death of a family member today. <laughs> what was the um, what was the one the text before that about USC? Blame Alex Grinch for this, and at USC he has another poor defense. Basically saying yeah. blame what the staff left you. Essentially, it's their fault. I don't know. I. I guess. If that makes you feel better to blame the previous staff, blame away. Blame the previous staff, blame the current staff, and and blame the god-awful players that are on the team. Kaysen says, does the ref army need to drive down there and whoop someone's ass, Teddy? (laughs) No. The ref army will show up if you ask them to. Trust me. Please don't. That, uh, yeah, it's okay. We're all good. They would like video of he would like hang his body somewhere and video it and put it on social media <laughs> and be like hey at sports animal here's what your takes look like he'd do yeah. something drastic unfortunately they wouldn't be able to contain themselves from tweeting it out and that would be their ultimate downfall <laughs> probably okay fair point to, yeah 2005 there wasn't a whole lot of confidence going in but i will say yeah. You would own them for what you beat them five consecutive years, so yeah, I feel helps. like there was still a thought that so I'd, I'd yeah, give but, them one. Yeah, well, I mean, going into the 05 game, you knew that they were better, and OU was kind of in a little, little bit of a rebuilding phase. 
but I still remember a sense of, yeah, but we kind of own these guys, so, I mean, can we pull this thing off? I mean, we've owned them. Right. You know, this this new, uh, I mean, since five years, for the last five years. But, yeah, 05 is, is, is fair. Yeah. And what about, um, well, I guess 09, Bradford was expected to come back in and play that day, right? He did, yeah, I mean, he did. He, he did, started he, that but he got game. re-injured. Yeah. And that was another game where Texas came in super arrogant. At least their fans did. I can't speak for the team. Came right. in super arrogant, and if Brian Jackson breaks Colt McCoy's tackle, he runs it the other way for a 100-yard pick six, and OU might beat Texas that day, who played in the, in the title game that year. I, I mean, look, I sitting here today, I, I think Texas is probably going to win the game. I'm just telling you that I, we've just seen this scenario play out before where one right. team is getting no chance whatsoever and the exact opposite happens. What was the feeling in 05 whenever they lost 45-12 to Texas? Um, it was – I mean, Dang. you, you kind of had the realization already that it was going to be a tough year, but walking out that day it was, oh, my God, are these – you're heading towards a tough year and are these dudes really about to rip off a title? They're going to play well, USC. They went uh, – they started off 2-3 and three that year after the loss to Texas and then um, punched out, what, four straight wins, lost to Tech, beat Oklahoma State. Well, they got and screwed beat... in that Tech game. I mean, you can call it a loss. Yeah, I, mean, I remember it, that. That's what it says, yeah. but, I mean, they, they should have won that game. And then they, uh, they beat Oregon, number six Oregon, in the Holiday Bowl. So, I don't know. I think I heard someone heard you guys say that someone texted the show and said that we're more likely to go three and nine than what was it? Yeah, someone said they're more likely or, to go uh, three and nine than six and six. It's like, yeah, that's okay. Come on, that's not accurate. They're going to win another game. Yeah, it may not feel like it right now, but they will win another game. Here's the frustrating thing. Well, it's not frustrating. I I actually like it. The conference is is really good this year. I you know between like so, so like the next next three games: Texas, Kansas, Iowa State. I I don't know who the best team out of those three is. Now, I know Kansas just beat Iowa State at home. Um. You know, and I, I don't know who would win between Texas and – you know what I'm saying? Like, those those three teams are, like, basically on the same level. And you can probably go the rest of the way through the entire roster or through the entire schedule except for, you know, maybe West Virginia is, is the one team that's has not shown well and had a really nice win yet. But I, even West Virginia, I think, is probably a little bit better than what they than what they get talked about. But, but still, the – Schedule's going to be tough the rest of the way. There are no gimmies. Yeah, it's the point that's been brought up a few times, but this is the worst year in the Big 12 in probably the past decade to have these type of issues for OU. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, yeah, like, seriously, like any other yep. year, you know, you at least have a few gimmies on the schedule and you can maybe force yourself to, to eight wins, but you're going to have to play, gr- I mean, really good football from here on out to maybe be an eight-win team. Just the reality of how good – the league is this year. I don't think that there's necessarily an elite team in this conference, but everyone, 
at least, you know, there's six, seven teams that look to be pretty solid. You think uh, Quinn Ewers is going to get the start or card? <laughs> well, they're kind of backtracking on it now, right? Like, huh, maybe when I, I think Quinn Ewers is probably going to play Saturday. Yeah. I would think so, but You think I Davis guess... Bevel is going to start with, for OU? Is that your guess? I have no idea. I honestly, Tyler, I have no clue what happens. Did he instill a lot of confidence in the way that he played on Saturday for you? No. Me either. I don't think he did that to anyone. So, I, you know, and it, that's not an easy thing to do to come in in that situation when you're getting blown out, the starting quarterback goes down. I would say that his strengths and Dylan Gabriel's strengths are probably different. And, you know, I, I like what Levy did. He, he was trying to call some easy throw and catch for him to get some rhythm, tried to even call his number in the running game to get him going a little bit, you know, try and, you know, go out there, take a little bit of a hit and put that, put all that behind you. You know, after, after you take a little shot, you're kind of the nervousness leaves, but could never get in any rhythm at all. Yeah. I and I don't know. Like like I said earlier, it would not shock me if if whoever their best, most athletic player is at quarterback, if that's not who they go with and try and move him, use some quarterback run, do some different things to where they're able to to create some offense. You know, out of not out of nothing, but just kind of. The tough situation, trying to create a little bit of a, you know, a spark somehow with an athletic guy you're, running. You're going to need quarterback run game, I think, to win on right. Saturday. And Davis Bevel is just not—he's not, not going to give you that. Now you can go down the list of quarterbacks and say, well, I mean, who is? Is is General Booty? I don't know. Can Nick? Ever, I mean, Micah Bowens is probably your most athletic at the at the position, but what's he like? Your third or fourth guy there? If you truly think that you're going to need quarterback run game to win on Saturday, then I don't know if you can go with Davis Bevel. He just that's yeah. not what he's he just can't bring that to you. Yeah, and I don't know. That's just uh, that's just like I don't know. I guess a little maybe I I I could see them doing something like that to create a spark, but you know maybe they don't. Maybe they just roll with what they've done and. You know, and, and try and uh, try and make some hay that way. Don't know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. I forty four exit one hundred seven. We'll be back. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is the Ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond, our guys are there. The OU football talk you crave is right here on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Radio. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush on a Reaction Monday. Keep those texts coming, 405-651-3439. We'll get to those momentarily. But we have the debut of a new segment today. What a day to debut the new segment of who the -the under-the-radar player was on Saturday. Under the Radar brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. They are investing in OU Innovation. They are a venture capital firm that funds and guides promising Sooner startups. For more information, go to boydstreetventures.com. 
Um, who was the under-the-radar player on Saturday? Would you like to go with Justin Harrington, who you mentioned early, or maybe some Javante Barnes, who had 100 yards rushing? Um, I think – I mean, I'd go with Justin Harrington. You know, I, I don't think Javante Barnes was necessarily under the radar. I think pretty much unanimously uh, coming out of the game, like he was considered to be the lone bright spot. Um, I thought um, I thought Robert Spears Jennings did pretty good in some in some time coming in and being able to get a little little run out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think Justin Harrington did some good things and and gained some good experience out there. Made some mistakes, no doubt. Was not perfect at all, but uh, was able to gain some needed experience. Um. Grayson Holton made a nice play out there. He continues to have a great motor, play really hard. Um, anyone else? Michael Sexton. Turk. Michael Turk. Uh, he's not really under the radar, uh, but text line saying that yeah. he was great again on, on Saturday. He was. Uh, Sexton, young uh, tackle, came in and played a little bit, did a good job. Um. You know, I would say Gibson. Gibson looked okay out there, except the for he had a third man. down drop. Golly, yep. and I don't know how different the first quarter looks if you get that catch, but you got to make that catch, man. God, you got to make yeah. that play. Um, all right, cool. So we, we do have about four or five guys. We'll say Justin Harrington, eight total tackles, four solo tackles. He is the under-radar uh, player from Saturday, brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Again, that's BoydStreetVentures.com. Um, oh gosh, this is a way out take. Hear me out. Coach Gundy pissed off. He has our playbook. Don't think for one second he's not giving it to Big Brother. Why not others? Is that a serious text? Really? No. Really? Nope. Not a serious text message. I can't believe we're going to be fighting for last place in the Big 12 this year. Absolutely pathetic. I don't know how we win more than five games. No one should be safe after a play like this. If TCU can go through the same rebuild and stomp our butts, then OU should without a doubt be looking just as good, and that's on the low end of the expectation bar. Furthermore, who's in charge of the scout team offense? How can these players and coaching staff not experience any of these blatant mental errors during practice? And if they are experiencing it, then why are these players continuing to be on the field? Uh, All good questions. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll be fighting for last place with who is the question? West Virginia? Uh, yeah, maybe even Texas. Yeah. So West Virginia did prove, I I think, on Saturday that they're the worst team in the league. They got handled pretty easily in Austin on Saturday. It was not very close. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you positive, though, that West Virginia is the worst team in the league? No, not at all. Uh, I'll have a different answer on Monday, I'm sure. That's kind of what the league looks like this year now, doesn't it? Yeah. That, and that's what's yeah. interesting about Saturday is if you're, if you're going by who you think the best and worst teams are in the league, Texas probably falls somewhere around 6, 7 maybe for most people. So by that, when people say, well, Where's the automatic win left on the schedule? Well, you can't say any win is automatic right now. All you can do is say which games are, you know, you have the best chance to win. Like this Saturday, in terms of the rest of the schedule, this may rank pretty high in terms of winnable games the rest of the season. 
in terms of the level of opponent. Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Not very doesn't make you feel very good, but yeah, I think there's there's some truth to that. Uh, th- this text has been thrown out, or this take has been thrown out there all weekend long. I'll get your uh, opinion on it. Just remember, Nick Saban started three and two, and went six and six his first year at Bama. A lot of people been like uh, have been throwing out. Well, here's what this head coach did in his first year, and here's what he accomplished. I get the overall point. I think it's a little tough to do because each situation is different especially when we're talking about a program like OU that's rattled off so many consecutive Big 12 titles. But is there any comparison at all about what Nick Saban did in 06, I guess, or 07, and what Britt Venables is trying to do now? I don't know. Maybe. I I don't have enough knowledge of, of what Saban did whenever he was there. I, I, really, I really don't have any idea. Uh, 07, is that right? 07 was his first year. That's, a loss. That's the year they lost to ULM. Uh, Greg McElroy was on that team, which oddly enough, he's on the call on Saturday. But yeah, well, I, I've, they, I've, heard, uh, I've heard him say that that whole year was about, like, they got them in shape, dude, to the, to the point where they went so hard that the team had, like, no gas in the second half of the year. I don't think that that's what's happening with OU here. Uh, I don't know. I like that sounds very reasonable, um, but I don't know enough about the like, who was on that team. And I know they Alabama's always had good players. Like even in down years, they've had they've had team you know a, a roster full of pros. Let's see. They started off three and zero. They beat number sixteen Arkansas um, to go three and zero. Then they lost to Georgia in overtime for their first loss. Then lost to Florida State. Then they beat Houston, Ole Miss, number 21, Tennessee. Lost by a touchdown to number three, LSU. Lost by five to Mississippi State. Lost by a touchdown to Louisiana Monroe. And lost by a touchdown to Auburn and then beat Colorado uh, in some crappy bowl game. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some similarities there. Um, you know, I don't know. But you, oh, I, but it sounds like you're at least willing to think about, you know, they 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 had to go through a tougher off season. You think that's catching up to them now? You think perhaps. there's at least a chance of that? That's interesting. Yeah, perhaps I think so. Um, I I mean, it's not crazy to think. I just it's I wouldn't think that it would happen this early in the season, though. I feel like that's something that happens in November. I mean, obviously, I mean, that, it could happen earlier. I just thought that if, if that situation were to present itself, we're not talking about it in the first half of the season. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, could, I could see, you know, some of the guys, like, because not everyone was here at the same time. You know, some of the guys were, were not early arrivals. Some guys, you know, were transfers that didn't get to take, play, take part in spring ball. You know, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know what's going on. The biggest reason is because I'm not. I'm not there. I can't. I can't see it every single day to have a feeling on on what's going on. But I do. There is a feeling that there's some 
some low gas tanks on the team for sure, and that was a feeling going into the game against TCU. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, there was uh, there was a very – some hard truths thrown out by Brent Venables after the game on Saturday, which I guess you can, you know, appreciate that. It was, yeah, we're not a very good team right now. Right. There was no trying to uh, church up what this, what this team's looked like the past two weeks. He's, he's pretty honest. Yeah, yeah, not very good right now, and we got tough games coming up too. So, hey. We'll see. I, you know, I, I still feel like still feel like they're way better than what they've put out there the last two weeks. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean they win the rest of their games? Well, no, not necessarily. That's not what I'm saying. I don't even know if they win another game. But I know that they can play way better than they have the last two weeks. Like, just like, without anything else happening, like, they can play better. And maybe I'm not factoring in injuries enough in that, but, you know, if they have the same guys out there, let me say that they can play way better than they have the last two weeks. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is the ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond, our guys are there. The OU football talk you crave. It is the rush on the ref. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment, What Caught Teddy's Eye? Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, uh, it was a sellout at TCU. Yeah, it was. All right. Um, at first, I was like, okay, let's see a butt in every seat. And the tailgate scene around that stadium was really, really nice. Really? Really, really cool. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Um, it was so awesome that I don't think most of the fans were going to actually come into the game. Uh, they were going to hang out and watch it at the tailgate until they saw that they jumped off to that big lead because the stadium didn't fill up till the end of the first quarter, uh, and it was packed. But let me tell you this, Tyler, a couple of things about the atmosphere there in that stadium. It was awesome. They basically, every single commercial break or timeout is essentially blaring like nightclub music. And the entire fan base in the stands, student section, everyone, it's just like a dance party. Uh, every single timeout. Doesn't matter. They don't do like, they don't do anything on the field. They don't have any mascots running around. All it is is they blare dance music and the place just goes crazy. Uh, another thing that was interesting, TCU, like their Palm Squad or whatever, they're called the Showgirls, uh-huh. right? They have an intro video. Wow. It's big time. And they, they have like an intro video and like run out of the tunnel. That was pretty cool. Um, but. I was uh, I was impressed with the atmosphere. Dang, there at sounds TCU like you had Saturday. a different experience at AMG Carter Stadium than we've had previously at that place. Oh, there's no doubt. We were talking last week about it. it's like, yeah, it's fine. Golly, look, it sounded like an SEC environment on Saturday. It was it was it was really really good, really really good. I was impressed. Um, the second thing that caught my eye, Kansas. 
right, in Kansas not just getting it done behind their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. They got it, behind, got it done behind their defense. Kansas did not score in the second half, Tyler, and they won the football game. Now, Iowa State helped them out, missing three field goals down the stretch, but to get that win – 14 to 11, I would not have picked it that way. I would have picked a uh, a shootout. Yeah. Um, but Jalen Daniels was only 7 to 14 for 93 yards, and they still won the game. Yeah. That's impressive. Now college game day is coming to their campus this weekend for the TCU game. Uh, Hunter Upper Deckers for Iowa State, Woo. 30 of 48 for 287. It's a decent stat line. But they held Iowa State to 16 yards on 31 rushes. Wow. 31 carries, 16 yards. Like that KU defense. Pretty wild. Only 303 total yards. But here's the thing. Kansas was, they only had 10 first downs. They were 3 of 10 on third down. They only had 213 yards of total offense offensively. And they won the football game. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, there is. They're a good team, man. I mean, they really are. I, I, I don't think that they're going to win the conference, but I just don't think that they're going to win one more game, get bowl eligible, and then all of a sudden just tank the rest of the season. Like, they're, they're good, man. Right. And they've got confidence behind them, and that's going to help them yeah. quite a bit. Um, last thing I had was Alabama, you know, Bryce Young goes down with the shoulder, and it got a little hairy there with Arkansas, but – who is this Jalen Milrow kid? I don't know, but he needs to play for OU this weekend. They're, that's exactly what Woo! they're looking for in a backup quarterback, someone that you can just snap it to, and he can take off running for a oh, long touchdown He looked like Michael runs. Vick running I, around out he there. He did, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was uh, – I was like, oh, my God, never even heard of this guy. And then Georgia – Georgia flirted around God, there in Missouri. Watched, man, I watched that game Saturday night, and I'm just – I was like, Missouri, God, I hate you. Everyone knows that I hate you. But please, just make this happen. Please. And they totally about, choked that game away. How about Losers. the 250-plus pound uh, kicker that looks like a fire Dude, hydrant dropping bombs he, out there? Yeah, and I, he had a really bad miss at Auburn the week before that probably cost him the game. But I think he hit like a 55-yarder in that game. He yes. had a 52, a 56, a couple of 40-some yarders. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was little... five foot five and a half and 280 pounds. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, not far off. Was that amazing. was great. That's all I got. Um, surprising firing in college football this weekend. Wisconsin fired Paul Christ, which, hey, mm. congratulations, Paul. $16.8 million buyouts. Um, that is That's awesome. That's a nice payday. But he had done some nice things up there, and I and I understand that the Big Ten West hasn't been very good. But sixty-seven and twenty-six, forty-three and eighteen in the Big Ten, he won three Big Ten West titles and two New Year's Six bowl games, and he was also a two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year. I don't think that anyone mentioned him as on the hot seat coming into this year. Mm-hmm. I know they lost to Illinois at home uh, by the former head coach there, Brett Bielema, but that was a strange firing this weekend. It was really yeah. strange. Well, they lost to Washington State. Um, and then they got hammered by Ohio State and then losing to Illinois. I, I don't know what they're going to do, though. Um, Maybe promote Jim Leonard, that defensive coordinator they like so much. I don't know. 
that's what some people have said, but, you know, it's maybe it's his defense that's out there playing. I Maybe so. I don't know. Um, fascinating situation, though. There's going to be more that happens throughout this season. Uh, at least something positive happened on Saturday. Texas A&M lost another football game, thank God. And they lost to Mississippi State, which has been quite the theme for the Aggies over the course of the past eight years. A&M against the Mississippi schools when Johnny Manziel was the starting quarterback 2012 and 2013, A&M was a perfect 4-0. But since Johnny Manziel left Texas A&M, A&M is 6-10 against the Mississippi schools. Got swept by them last year, and now they've already lost to Mississippi State this year. Wow. Yeah. Um, who did Mississippi State lose to? They lost to LSU. LSU. Yeah. God. How did that happen? They'd Don't like know. to have that game back, but they got Arkansas coming up, and then they got to go to Kentucky and to Alabama. Three little, little rough three game stretch coming up for old Mississippi State. I got, See how they handle it. I got two more real quick. First, you'll never guess who's tied for the lead in the Big Ten West right now. You'll never guess. Um, Nebraska? Nebraska. Now, granted, there's like a <laughs> six-way tie for first place right now in the Big Ten West, but yeah, Nebraska, baby. After a 35-21 win at home over Indiana, the Huskers <laughs> are sitting in the lead in the Big Ten West Every, right now. Yeah, everyone's one and one. That's great. Love it. Northwestern, Northwestern. has a four-game losing streak, and they're still tied for the lead in the Big Ten West. <laughs> Good God, what an awful division if, that is. If you just don't kick that onside kick, Nebraska would be the outright uh, leader in the uh, in the Big Ten West right now. Last one I have, and this kind of has a couple of layers to it. Um, first, I'll reference the Seahawks Lions game yesterday, which had a lot of uh, had a lot of points in that, that game. Was crazy. You need yeah. you need to know that for this story. It doesn't feel like it'll line up, but trust me, it will. Uh, there was a video of uh, Antonio Brown revealing himself in a pool. And when I mean revealing himself, he all the way revealed himself to a woman in a pool. Um, you, did you see this video by chance? I did not, but I I saw like some stuff referencing it. Yeah. But now all the video or all the the video I saw was blurred out, thank God. But you could definitely see that he just he basically just showed it in in the pool. Just like you do, I guess. Anyway, mm-hmm. Robert Griffin III tweeted out yesterday, A.B. showed more D than the Seahawks <laughs> and Lions did today. <laughs> and I guess he caught some flack for that one. Oh, come on. Relax, folks. Jeez. That's a funny tweet. Uh, just kidding. Last one, OUKU at 11 a.m. Just probably expect all games at 11 a.m. moving forward. I would imagine. It is OU. It's been announced. Yeah, OUKU, 11 a.m. Homecoming. Woo! Yeah. Against the 6-0 and Jayhawks. Maybe top 10 by the time they roll in here. Who knows? What are they ranked now? Yeah, I think they're like 19 this week, maybe. They're a dog uh, to TCU, though. Like Maybe close to a touchdown dog to TCU. It uh, is. I'm, yeah, they're 19th, TCU 17th, and it's TCU minus 7. Okay, here's something that we haven't talked about and i want to get your thoughts on it next we'll hit a quick break here and on the other side tyler i want to know how good tcu actually is all right i know we made them look like uh the greatest team ever but i want to know how good they actually are quick timeout. 
More from the Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Of the Rush, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Teddy asked, uh, going into the break, how good really is TCU? I don't know if my opinion on them changed all that much. I think they're probably the third or fourth best team in the league. They're really good offensively. I'll, I'll give them that. They, um, their core of wide receivers, it's, it's what we thought. Their running backs, it's what we thought. I still, though, think that they're going to have issues defensively once they face better offenses. So I just don't think that we're going to see a TCU team rattle off at 11-1 this year. That game Saturday didn't, didn't make me think that that's the case with them. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard to know, like, did we, did we just, yes, we played god-awful and made them look good. Yeah, I know that's that's the key there, but I don't know. They, they, uh, they looked pretty, pretty daggum good. Their two inside backers are, are tough, play hard, or physical, in the right spot. Their defensive line played way better against our offensive line than I thought they were going to. We couldn't move those guys out of there at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not an excuse in any way for OU, but it's what I kind of thought early of last week. It's it was, a, it was a pretty tough spot for OU in that this was this coaching staff's first big game there. And, of course, they were going to come out swinging. I mean, they, they had some things built up for this game. Clearly, that was, well, that was it was enough. Yeah, and everyone's going to come out swinging. Now, the problem is like, once you lose that aura and people, you know, they smell blood in the water, it's it's hard to get. Oh, you're yeah. going to get everyone no one just sorry for you, coming man. in, feeling in like, feeling like they can actually absolutely win the football game and, that's a big part of it right there whenever you can whenever you do that so yeah I don't know I think they're pretty solid I you know Max Duggan is playing out of his mind uh, 11 total tu- or 11 touchdowns passing right now no interceptions um, uh, added two more through the, on the ground right now he's he's uh, he's having a year all right quick timeout we got the final hour of the rush here from Newcastle casino next. 